I am John Sauber. He is Tim Frazier. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 4 of The Nittany Gritty. Hello and welcome to The Nittany Gritty, brought to you by Beyond the Big Ten. I am John Sauber, Penn State men's basketball writer at the Center Daily Times. He is Penn State legend Tim Frazier. Tim, how are the holidays? Man, been good, man. How about you, man? Happy New Year. Blessings to you and your family, man. Yeah, same to you. This was, uh, you know, this is a weird time of year for me, right? Like, I'm I'm usually not home for Christmas because Penn State Bull Games was home for Christmas this year. So, got to see the family right before I left. Uh, went down to Atlanta from the 26th to 31st, got home the 31st, and then took a long nap until pretty much today uh new year's day we're talking on january 1st 2024 of course uh it's been it's been a long week i'm, I'm still mm-hmm. tired but we're gonna muscle through it yeah i'm sure it's been it's been tough for you um it's been tough for me either too because you know it's bowl season you know what i mean you feel like yep. you know you and the guys have worked so hard just to get to bowl season and then i hate to say it man they laid that egg this you know what i mean two days ago was I was tough. all hype and ready, and I'm like, "All right, we finish the year on a big, on a good note." You know, next year we come again, and uh, next year will be our year. But man, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm having some doubts of what I saw saw um, Saturday. Yeah, it was a weird spot. Uh, there's uh, there were a lot of opt outs as we saw, which is a yeah. whole other issue, you know. Uh, but the, it was essentially like a completely different defense. They go from being one of the best defenses in the country to getting torched by Ole Miss and. You know, a lot of that is your two starting cornerbacks are gone and Mm -hmm. uh, their wide receivers are some of the best in the SEC. So, you know, they're going to be good. And yeah, they they took it to them. Uh, It was it was weird, too, because Penn State like started that game really well and they they started moving the ball. And then it seemed like it kind of collapsed pretty quickly from there. I I don't want to jump too far into the football piece, but I know you're closer than I am. So, like, obviously, throughout the whole year, what have we been talking about is. Drew Aller, can he throw the ball? Like, so you you got the inside scoop. Go ahead and give me a little piece of that. Can yeah. he throw the ball? Is it is it is it Franklin not letting him throw the ball? Is it that we don't have the receivers? What is it? Because I can't keep going around this rooting for this rooting for the yeah. you know the Penn State football and they you know what I mean I want to see the throw the long I'm used to seeing long passes the Allen Robinson catch I want to see some of that like, I haven't seen any of that from him. Yeah, no, and, and for our listeners, you can read about some of that at centerdaily.com because it's something right. I write about a lot, right? Because right? everybody mm-hmm. everybody wants to know. It's right. it's one of those things, and this is going to sound like a cop-out. I promise it's not. The wide receivers were so bad this year mm-hmm. that essentially you kind of can't evaluate Aller yet. He was not as good as he was last year in like those limited reps right. and everything, but he also had – did not have a lot to work with. And so okay. it's tough to, it's one of those things. Uh, football is really unique. I think in that way, especially for a quarterback, it's like you're, you're putting it all on him, but if it's not working around him, you kind of can't even judge him yet. But they, they, those guys also weren't like the only Penn state team to be playing in the last week. Right. This was, yeah. uh, this was a stretch that you and I talked about with Penn state men's basketball, where things kind of needed to get together. Uh, you know, we haven't recorded since the Ohio state win. They have a really, really difficult to stomach loss against Georgia tech. And then two games they had to get right against teams that I don't know, they had lost to a Bucknell team that was worse earlier in the year, uh, get those wins over Lemoyne and Ryder. But I want to start with that Georgia tech game and kind of lay out what exactly happened there. Cause it was, so it's, I'm not, I'm really not a complaint about the refs guy unless like big 10 refs. I have complained a lot about that. They've usually been not great. And I don't think they're biased in any sort of way. 
I just think they're not doing a great job, generally speaking. And that's been the case a lot in, in recent years. But uh, this was, I don't even know the officiating crew that was on this game. This is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. The broadcast said after it happened, it's a shame. I think it was Mike Hall of, of, of uh, BTN who said essentially like, it was a great game and to have it come down to how it came down is, is brutal because essentially to lay it out for the, for the listeners, what happened, uh, Ace Baldwin was called for a foul, uh, when Penn state was up one, when, uh, Georgia tech was shooting and the Georgia tech player essentially just fell, right. Didn't make contact with anyone. The worst part was to me, the official was not looking at the play. Like he was looking up at the shot. So he couldn't even see if contact was happening. So, to me, that's he then just assumed that a foul happened. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the last thing you can do in that kind of situation. So I'm not a ref, but obviously I've played, you know, for a long time and I've had my run-ins with referees and, you know, and I've understood and I've listened to referees just say, you know, they, they're, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. But I do believe that I like. You got to be right most of the time because that's what you that's your job. You know what I mean? That's your job is to be right most of the time. I understand some some mistakes may happen, but. I'm like, like you said, what Mike said in the end of the game, like such a great game is determined by a referee. Um, I think that takes away those kids. Both sides play hard. It was a back and forth game. Penn State had the, the lead. And I, I just think that you let that go. You make that player make the shot to win the game. Um, I, and I've, I've been a firm believer of that, too, even in the NBA and, you know, overseas and wherever it may be, especially when it comes down to the line. If the foul is not blatant, I think a lot of times and I've seen referees do that, that, hey, we're going to let the players decide this game. I'm not going to be the person to decide a game because it might have been a foul. I'm not sure if there was a foul, but he fell down because things happen. Things fall down, guys driving the lane. And when you when you do that, there's risk and reward. Hey, I might get a foul. I might not get called for it. You know, and so I was I was really upset about it. I think I even tweeted about it that, hey, I just wish that you let the players decide the game. Um because, you know, I mean, yeah, at the end it, of the day, that, that takes away from what would be four wins in a row for uh, Penn State. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, like, the, the worst part, to the even worst part, I should say, is, like, so it's it's this loose ball situation yeah. where the Georgia Tech player pushed off to get the rebound, where it's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. It's it's kind of frantic, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's a loose ball situation. You don't want to You don't want to decide the outcome of the game. You can't then call that foul right after if you're not right. going to call the first foul, right? It's either you right. call the first one and that's the end of it, or you don't call either. And I'm with you on like the the blatant part of it at, in end of game situations, unless it impacts the shot. Like you right. know what I mean? It's pretty clear that okay, the guy couldn't get the shot off because of the foul. Then right. there's there's no need to call it, right? Like I mm-hmm. especially hate some of the uh, you know as a guy's coming down after the shot's out. Like if if a hand touches his elbow after the shot's gone and it has an impact yeah. in the release, stuff like that, like mm-hmm. barely grazes it. Like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think refs, I'm, I'm fairly certain too, in these kind of situations are taught, if you don't see it, you can't call it, right? Yeah, and the yeah. explanation is easier. Let's say let's say it's inverted, right? And it actually was a foul and he didn't call it. Well, then mm-hmm. the explanation is simpler. I didn't see it, right? Yeah. Like that is, and that's an honest answer. But you can't call a foul there that you didn't see. And I, I think that's, I think that's the part that's probably the toughest thing to digest for Penn State, especially... You know, they're, they're down 10 points in the second half, force overtime, in position to win. There was like two seconds yeah. left or something like that. Um, they played really hard, looked like a different team than the one that – Made big shots. Know, had, mm. Yeah, like it, it was mm. – everything was uh, 
kind of looking how it was supposed to look. And they got back into it, by the way, with some of the pressing, right? Like with some yeah, of the havoc yeah. defense that that they've been trying to get to. So uh, I just think it's it's a shame that they kind of – they didn't lose it on their own merit, right? Like they yeah, didn't lose yeah. it because they weren't playing well enough. Uh, and and usually with officiating calls, like it's not it's not like, okay, well this – like X, Y, and Z could have happened after that and it would have changed it. This yeah. really would have pretty much ended yeah. the game, right? Like uh, and- it was it was it was tough. Yeah, and even now, like we're, we're they're not we're not in middle school. They're not kids. They're not these are you know potentially be grown men. There are no moral victories when right. You know we talking about you know at the end of the year wins and losses. You know what I mean that win. Let's say Penn State continues to take over and do the things that they need to do and, and win some big tough games, especially coming up into this Big Ten season. And that win would is going to help. You know what I mean neutral site against, you know, Georgia Tech in Madison Square Garden is going to be looking, if we're looking at the committee and everybody's looking to say, oh, where is the big time wins outside of the Big Ten? That's going to go a long ways. And I, I just hate that, that that happened for those guys. And, you know, myself as a fan, you know, as an as a alumni as well, like you just think that, you know, we've, you know, we can always fall back to the whole thing about Penn State always gets the, you know, a bad whistle. And it really it's is like it is unfortunate, but you know, I mean, I'm sure every team says the same thing when they lose. Hey, we always get the bad whistle. But I think that if you look at the numbers, like if you go back from when I was playing and before mine, we feel like Penn State, especially in the Big Ten, does not get the whistle. Like we've talked about that for the last two, three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, 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 it's crazy to to see that, and I I just hate it for those guys. I hate it for coach. I hate it for the players as well because that would have been a nice big win, especially to roll off the big win they just had at Ohio State. So now you talk about a win at Ohio State, beat Georgia Tech in a neutral site. We have these two games that we're supposed to take care of, which they did, and you know I mean? Blow them out the water, and now we get ready for Big Ten play. Yeah, and, and it's funny. You mentioned that, like, for you as, like, the, the the fan and the alumni and everything, like, even, like, so the objective observer that, I'm, that I am, mm-hmm. right, like, just seeing it from the outside, you see these trends, right? It was yeah, funny. Yeah. I think it was – I think it was early in the season uh, where uh, another reporter asked uh, Mike Rhodes about, I think it was officiating or not getting calls despite driving the lane. It might've been preseason. I don't remember when it was. Mm -hmm. Essentially the question was about like, Hey, you know, how do you adjust when you don't get these calls intimating, you know, this is going to happen in the big 10 a lot. And I think Rhodes said something like, what, like, is that a thing here? And like the people in the room just kind (laughs) of looked at each other. It's like, yeah, this was, and it happened with Micah Shrewsbury too, right? Like we saw when when he was here, like, it's a, I think it's a rude awakening for coaches sometimes when they realize like historically it feels like, and I, I don't have the data to prove this, but you know, looking at it anecdotally and, and from what I've seen, it feels like Penn state usually gets a yeah. pretty difficult whistle. Um, yeah. Part of that is big 10 officials uh, tend to skew toward the home team, no matter what yeah. Penn state doesn't have a great home environment. I wonder if that impacts it at all. You know, like maybe they're just not getting the same advantage that other teams are. I don't know. But like I said, I'm not one. I, I usually don't like to do the officiating thing. Uh, at the yeah. end of the day, there were Penn State had chances to close that out sooner. And to regulation, mm-hmm. they did not get a good shot off to try and win it with Ace Baldwin, took a, a contested three that kind of didn't have a chance. But still, when when you deserve to win the game and you play well enough to win the game and you should win the you game, win. you want to get that win. And yeah, and they didn't at the end of the day. Um, but now it, it all turns, right? Like, you mentioned those two easy wins. There's not a lot to say there. Those are games they should win. Uh, they, it is good to see it happen because, like I said, yeah. they, they've proven they're susceptible at times to things like that. But now you go into a really difficult stretch, right? Like you're, you're back into Big Ten play. It starts with Michigan State on the road, which is never fun. Uh, 
I don't know that anyone enjoys playing in the Breslin Center. It's not fun. I I, I enjoy. Listen, it, I, I, yeah, I, true, when, true. That's fair. That's I think fair. I think I was a little different. I mean, I you know obviously no discredit to the Penn State fans because you know they did show out for certain a lot of games, certain games, you know, and it was and it was fun to be home. But I think one of the special things about playing in the Big Ten is because the games on the road are so you know, intense. Like, you're going to walk into the Breslin Center, right? You know, and it's Michigan State. You know, you the fans, I don't know if they still do the newspapers and or, you know, the uh, they pop the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They, like, that 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 was a big wake-up call for me. Like, I was so juiced and so excited to be able to go there. And, you know, obviously, now you're playing against, obviously, one of the greatest coaches in college basketball with Izzo. And, you know what I mean? You, they're, they're normally one of the best teams in the conference. So, like, man, I, like, I know and I hope these guys are juiced up like I am. It's like, man, I, we get to go on the road right now. We have nothing to lose. We're going to go out there and compete. We just won two games in a row. Really should be four games in a row. We just beat Ohio State as well. So we can match up and we can compete. I mean, we just got to play our game. So, for me, I'm like, let's do it. You know what I mean? I, I want them to feel that same way, man. We go there and, like – you know, what I mean, we talked about it, you know, last year as well with the team before and other teams like, man, we're going on the road. Nobody thinks you're going to win. Nobody gives you any type of hope, any type of a slither. Maybe they might give this much. And the only people that believe yep. you is your family, the guys in the locker room and a couple people that are just like, hey, they got money on the games. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> that's it. Man. That's it, man. Why not go out there and man, shock the world, man. Go out there and have fun, play free, press the hell out of them. And who knows man, what's going to happen? Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, this is. This is an important stretch because we're going to find out what this defense really oh, looks yeah. like in yeah. Big Ten play. Uh, we saw it against Ohio State, how it can be helpful against Maryland. Mm-hmm. They they nearly pull off that win on the road. Um, and this Michigan State team, like I think their record's a little bit deceiving, right? Like they're eight and five, yeah. uh, lose to James Madison to start quality. the year. Yeah. yeah, and that James Madison team turned out to, like it's that's a good team that's going to make the NCAA tournament. Lose to Duke, lose to Arizona, lose to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Nebraska loss is is tough, right? Like it's not what you want, but at the end of the day, it's a road game in the Big Ten. We talk about it all the time. Those are never easy. Uh, and so, like Penn State is facing. And then they a go very, beat. Hold on, before you go, then they go beat Baylor. You know, right, I mean? right so. after, that, literally <laughs> right after that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was even a neutral site game. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not like they they were playing that one at home. So, yeah. uh, they just beat an Indiana State team that is actually kind of good. Like, this is again, it, it might not seem like a great win, but Indiana State's fifty five in Ken Palm, which is yeah. good. Like for for perspective on that, Penn State's one hundred four right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I th- I think like this is a maybe not deceptively difficult because I think people will look at Michigan state and say, okay, it's Michigan state. They're going to be playing well, but they'll look at the eight and five, you know, and be like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. Penn state has a better shot than usual. Cause Penn state's seven and six. If you want to based on the records, this is a tough matchup. Like this yeah. is uh, if you were to go through the schedule and kind of look at some of the games that they can, that Penn state can pick off on the road. I don't know that this is going to be one that you would pick. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. would be near the top of the list or anything. But like you said, like, this is where you kind of find out about this team, like what they're made of, what they're, are they going to get up for these big games? Are they going to go into yeah. this road environment? Are they going to feel that juice from the crowd? Like they're going to feel that hate, that venom that they're getting and let it right, fuel them. Right. Or, you know, they're going to let it make them collapse. I think we're going to, yeah. you know, we'll find out a lot. Like I said, it's honestly like, I don't expect them to win either of these next two games, but I think, I think they, that we will learn enough to know exactly how this team can finish. Right. Like if they're competitive, they could lose by 20, and if it's com- a competitive 20 against Michigan State, that'll tell us a lot about how the rest of the Big Ten season is going to go because that 20, like 20 can look a lot different, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a loss is a loss, all that stuff too, but losing by 20 because they pull away late is a lot 
better than losing by 20 when, you know, they, they get up early and they just kind of coast the rest of the way, you know, like, yeah. uh, and so I think, I think we're going to find out, like, I think this is the kind of two game stretch that, that you, you learn a lot about this Penn state team and this Penn mm-hmm. state program and how, yeah. how effective this defense can be in this conference. Yeah. And again, I mean, I hope they, you know, you're ready. You're juiced up, man. Like you said, you just come off from two wins and hey, man, Michigan State's coming up. You get to go there to Breslin Center and go out there and shock the world. You know, put the, you know, man, I, I go back to what they told me at the Big Ten Media Day when I was there, man. Here we're here to make some noise. And this is a this is another opportunity to do that, to say, like, hey, man, we we fell down in early in the season, but now we're here now. We're climbing back up. So I'm looking forward to it. But I will say this, too. How we talked about the Ohio State game. We got Michigan at home at 11 a.m. or 12. I think it's a noon game or 11. no, that's a that. So that is that is the Palestra game. And that is oh, okay. so, you know, that crowd is going to be right. an awesome crowd. It is so consistently. I, I will, you know, die on this hill. The Palestra is the best arena in college basketball. It's one of the coolest mm. places I've ever watched a game. Like yeah. I remember. So last year, that's Penn State played Purdue there. Right. If you remember, yeah, that, yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that um, was early January, too. And mm-hmm. I just remember. So I sat down the first time I'd, I'd been to a game with the Plestra. They played Iowa. I was like up in the top press row. So yeah, yeah. last year I was down like on the floor and you can feel that place, man. Like it is man. it is like no other venue that I've ever been in and, and no other sport. like Beaver Stadium for football is insane. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the big house at Michigan for football is insane. Same with Ohio Stadium for Ohio State. This is like nothing else I've been a part of at any other sporting yeah. event. It was, like I said, you you can feel the people on top of you because it's all like directly on top of it. And it was, yeah. it, it's the coolest place college basketball, yeah. period. End of story. Right. So I, I, I say that to say, hey, we talk about the same thing about Ohio State. We talk about this is the early game. Michigan might look at the record of Penn State or whatever it may be, and they look past it. Man. And, and, and you know what I mean? You got another opportunity. Hey. Go out and do it. You've done it before. And like I said, it's going to be rocking in there. It's going to be hot. I, I remember paying in Palestra how hot it was in there. I don't know if they had yes. or if they or if they did some new renovations since I played. But I know one thing that was sweating. I was crazy. The floor was wet. They had the sun shining in from the windows up top. So um, I'm, I, I'm excited, man. I, like Again, like you said, man, these next two games are going to kind of tell you where this team is going. Have, have they grown from, you know, obviously the four – five losses in a row, the tough losses from the tournament and, and have they picked up stride? Have they got a little kick in the butt to be able to like, Hey man, it's time to, you know, it's time, it's big 10 play. It's time for us to up our, up our game because that's what you do. You, obviously you start the season, you want to start on a high note, but you want to continue to get better every year. I mean, every day, every game. And, and right now, you know, it's time for the big 10. You have to up the, up your level because these guys are scouting you and they know we're beating up on top of each other. The big 10 has been, known to just beat up on each other all all season long so man this is the time is now like you've got a taste of it earlier with ohio state and uh and the maryland but now it's time to really get into it and you know i mean from here on out it's straight big 10 yeah and and you know honestly if they if they split these next two mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is back on the table i, I, yeah, like I said yeah. i don't necessarily expect it but this is this is big from that standpoint too, right? You're it's not just you know we we've talked a lot about the learning part. It's also like going to dictate a lot for the season um, from a, a you know is is the NIT like is is that guaranteed? Is that you know what I mean? Are they going to have yeah, a postseason yeah. to work with there? Is the NCAA tournament a potential option still if they get going? I I still think that's a, a stretch at this point, but you know yeah, seasons tough. can change quick. But mm-hmm. uh, like and and like I said that 
this will be their best crowd all year, right? Like this yeah. is uh, the BJC just can't get to the place that the Plester can get to. Uh, yeah. It's going to be packed. You know, they're going to be loud. There's going to be a lot of Penn State fans there. And honestly, the one that will probably rival it is on February 21st. They play at Rec Hall and they play against yeah. a, a now top 10 Illinois or a, a now ranked, I should say, Illinois team. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's, you know, you got you got two of these games against good opponents that you can kind of try and steal. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I think those are those are the two that you look at from a um, there's they're good sales from the, a recruiting standpoint, too. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, kids in Philly go to this game on, on Sunday and like, Hey, you can yeah. play here. Like they're, they're, it's not every game, but once a year you get to go to play a place that's like the cathedral of college basketball. Right. Uh, right. You mentioned by the way, how hot it is in there. I remember the Iowa game. They had those giant like industrial sized fans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like on the court trying to dry it off yeah, because right, it was so right. humid there. And it was like 15 degrees outside. Like it was yeah. freezing cold Crazy. outside and the whole drink, the whole gym is like dripping in sweat, uh, including mm-hmm. me. Uh, despite not playing a single <laughs> second of basketball, right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's an incredible venue. I'm I'm very much excited for that. This is, like you said, though, we're just gonna learn a lot. This is uh, yeah. it's it, it's a direct contrast to the last two games where <laughs> you almost learn nothing, right? Like it's like, right. oh, they beat Lemoyne and Ryder. Yeah, of course, right? Like this is yeah, what they were supposed saying, to do they, earlier. They're supposed year. to do that though, John. But at the end of the day, like you've seen it, like you said, like yeah, right. They look, they look past book now. You see that that these could those are games these especially in between where you just did Big Ten, and then you go get these games. You had, you know, you have Ohio State, Georgia Tech, and you have these two kind of fall off games right now during Christmas break. There's no classes, yep. you know, literally, you know. I mean, those are I hate to call them trap games, but those are trap games. Oh, and they are. I'm, I'm I'm proud of the guys for them coming out there and really taking advantage, and I think it can help too. I know as especially for shooters which is something that this team is really, you know, trying to find, you know what I mean? Guys that are just knocked down, especially from behind the three-point line. Um, those are the games that try to get those guys going and, and try to be able to see, hey, man, what do we have? What can we get going? I mean, how deep can we go into the rotation when it comes to Big Ten play? So hopefully Coach was able to figure that out and those guys were able to get in some type of rhythm because now you want some type of rhythm when it goes up against the, the Michigan, the Michigan State teams, like obviously, like we look at the points, we see Kanye going and he's he's leading the team in points right now. And I think Ace had nine assists last game as well. So those are the things that you want to see. You know, I mean, you want to have great games going into big fights that you're about to go into this war that they're about to go into in, in Michigan State. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It is a uh... – it's an exciting time, right? Like you, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned that they had done this before with losing to Bucknell. I think it is a yeah. good sign that, hey, this isn't a team that's going to lose those games consistently, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it happened, but they learned from it. And and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be something you and I can monitor all year, right? Like, okay, when something bad happens, what does the response look like? Yeah. Because yeah. the response mm-hmm. to Texas A&M wasn't good. Butler wasn't good. Yeah. VCU wasn't yeah. good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because VCU leads straight, lead straight into Bucknell. They lose to Bucknell, looks a little better against Maryland, respond a yep. little bit. You know, and they then they beat Ohio State, lose to Georgia Tech in a in a really difficult fashion, one that can kind of create some cracks in the foundation, right, of the program. Yep. They respond by taking care of business in their next two games. So yep. I yep. think those responses are important and responses to easy wins are important too, right? Like you don't wanna you don't wanna get too up get on too yourself. High. And mm-hmm. right, like exactly. And you don't want to get thinking that that it's gonna be too easy. So uh I think these two games, uh, I am definitely going to enjoy them. It'll be nice to watch some Mm. Big Ten basketball again, right? Like you have – the end of December is always that weird time of year where everyone's playing no one or you're playing like the best teams in the country. There's no in between, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no like mediocre matchups. It's two of the best teams in the country you're facing off or Penn State is playing Ryder, 
Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so those are the kind of things you see, but we're getting, we're getting full throttle now into conference play. Uh, now that we're in the new year, I am excited. Uh, yeah. it's going to be a good time. Uh, and we are going to have, uh, all of that covered. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. You know, you and I will be here throughout the season and, you know, this is, I don't want to call it a make or break here, but the foundational year of a program is really important with a new head coach because you, mm-hmm. you know, I think, like I said, you learn a lot of the baseline stuff and you've been through coaching changes. I think you can, you can learn a lot quickly about, right? Like what, what a yeah. team looks like at the front end. Yeah, for sure. With the new coach. And I think a lot of two is the, the, like you said, the ups and downs, how can coach, you know, handle the turmoil or the five game lose losses or the blowouts and, and, or even on the same, how do you handle when you're blowing teams out or you're on a five game winning streak? And that's how you got to keep everything together. And I think with the new, with, with Rhodes, he's going to, I think he's done a good job. Cause like you said, you, we just ran through their schedule of how it's been up and down this whole time, good wins, bad losses, you know? So um, I think he's got them in the right place. Hopefully now that, it, you know, they understand the severity of what's going on now. There is no more non-conference games, all Big Ten. And, you know, you want to finish in the middle of that pack. Usually when you finish in the middle of the pack, you're playing some type of postseason. So um, I think that's the goal for them right now. But obviously not to look too far ahead. They got one game coming up against Michigan State and go from there. And whatever happens there, then you roll over, watch film, learn what you need to learn, and then go from – and move on to Michigan. Yeah, no, no doubt. And this is uh... – We've said it a bunch, but this is this is an important two games here, and I think it's rare that you kind of face two programs this good to start conference play. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hey, that's that's usually the Big Ten, right? That's how these things go. Uh, well, before I we think- before we go, John, no, let's um, since we talk since this is the last day that we'll be able to talk about college football, you got to give me your final your, the final. Four oh the yeah, 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 yeah. The predictions: who you got winning, so I know who to the- put my money on. Yeah, <laughs> the insider. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I honestly, I think I've gone back and forth on the Bama Michigan game. I think Bama ends up winning in a game that's uh, higher scoring than than most people think. Yeah. Uh, I think, man, I really believe in Washington, uh, but I've fallen into this trap with the Pac-12 all year. I thought Oregon was the best team in the country, and then they lose twice to Washington. So it feels like I kind of have to believe that Washington is the best team in the country. Uh, give me in the national title game, Washington over Alabama. And now, Washington so over Alabama, yeah, in the national title game. So that means Ooh. Alabama over Michigan, Washington over Texas, and that also means that you should absolutely be betting on Michigan and Texas today. Because I am <laughs> because what you this is Washington, Alabama. So my only thing is that it, the the championship game is in Houston, Ooh. Texas. It's in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I but the this, thing is, with and those, this is the year, though. You know, sometimes even when in college basketball, is is your year. Texas has been bad; they've been bad for so long. Boom, and they got the best draw. If if it was Texas against Alabama or Texas against Michigan, I don't think I don't see them winning. But I see them beating Washington. I just think is I see them beating Washington, and then I, I I'm I'm hoping that Michigan they get over some type of hump. And then it's Texas Michigan. Or to, regard, or to, it could be Texas Alabama again, man. That'll be a rematch, and I think that game right of this be year, right. yeah, yeah. Well, and or regardless, and I got Texas being in a championship just because I do believe a lot of stuff. I hate to say that it's all about sometimes it's about luck, and sometimes a lot of it is about revenue. So you trying to tell me you have Texas in a championship <laughs> game against Houston? 
Well, here's the thing. The, the the playoff title game it's it's always weird because it's like a corporate event kind of more than a mm-hmm. and this is true mm-hmm. with the Super Bowl too than necessarily fans yeah. so I'll be curious to see how much of that is actually Texas fans because you know if it's if they're playing Bama Bama fans will be there uh, you know if it's I Michigan Michigan yeah. fans will be there right like mm-hmm. uh, but no and and just to give him a shout out because he deserves it we he mm-hmm. does this with a lot we never mention him our producer Amir in the chat with yeah, us yeah. says Michael Penix the dog like hundred <laughs> percent like that's like part of this right like that is absolutely part of this. Uh, I know, hate that is, we say he's a dog, but he didn't win the Heisman. So all right, we'll I had a Heisman that. vote. Uh, you did? How did you ever talk about this? <laughs> no. I'm a, I'm Who did a you writer, pick? Right? Like I have, Who did you pick? So my my ballot was Jaden Daniels first, Marvin Harrison Jr. second, Michael Penix third. I'm not a – I don't subscribe to the <laughs> – He's third. Listen, he's third. Third best player in the country. <laughs> it's oh, pretty good. Man. Hey, listen, it's better than anyone from Texas, Bama, or Michigan, though. Uh and so the reasoning on that, just to clear this up, because some people came at me for having them third, I don't subscribe to the, hey, just because a team went undefeated, their quarterback should win the Heisman. The yeah, award is supposed to go to the most outstanding player, regardless of like, it doesn't, none of yes. the other stuff matters. Just like most outstanding player. Yes, LSU did not go undefeated. They, they lost multiple games this year. Jade Daniels was the best player in the country right? Marvin Harrison, like Ohio state lost to Michigan. Yes. And like he, you know, he's a wide receiver, not the quarterback. He's the second most outstanding player in the country to me. So, and I actually almost voted him first, which I'm sure I would have picked him first. Honestly, I I thought about it, but the Daniels was so good running the ball too, that I just couldn't like, you know, it it was tough to deny like you, like LSU with, with Daniels is like a total game changer. And I actually think they're about to play Wisconsin. I think we're going to find out just how valuable Daniels was because he's not playing in that game. And I think it's going to show. Which again, mm. as soon as this gets posted, we're gonna find out how dumb I am because it's gonna be like a, an LSU forty five point win or something like that. But whatever, we try. Got you. So, so I want to make sure. So, I got Texas. Yes, I got Texas. Texas versus Alabama. You take Michigan you here. I was gonna say there's no, no way. Texas, like no, no, you, Texas, Alabama. Too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm taking. I'm taking Washington over Bama in the national right. game. Right. So. I don't. I, no, I don't know I who's winning the championship. I just got Texas and Bama. Yeah, all right, you're gonna you're gonna take the easy way out. No, yeah, I see yeah. how it is. Uh, but no, I think uh, I think that's a good place to end this. This is gonna be a lot of yeah. fun. I always enjoy the playoff and expands to twelve next year. That's gonna be a lot of fun too. Maybe Penn State can actually make it for the first time in program history. We saw. Oh, they gotta we make shall it with see. twelve teams. <laughs> yeah, they do. They they really do. Uh, but that's a good place to leave it. You can find Tim on Twitter at TimFrage23. You can find me at John Sauber. You can find all my work at centerdaily.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day.